What are the most amazing running and hiking routes in the world? Who did them and how fast? Welcome to the exciting new world of fastest known time, commonly known as FKTs. This podcast is produced by fastestknowntime.com, a website where you find out what's new and cool, plus track FKT efforts taking place right now. On this podcast, we'll meet the remarkable athletes who have established some of the best FKTs, ask them how they did it, and find out what it means to them. And we won't waste any of your time. The Fastest Known Podcast delivers great info to you in just 30 minutes so you can get back to your run, which of course is more important. Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast. This is Buzz Burrell, and today we're talking with David Horton. Welcome, David. Thank you, Buzz. Uh, Look forward to it. I look forward to the questions you ask me. And normally we start with a big CV, a resume, and we can't really do that with you, David. It'd just go on for hours, but I will hit a few highlights. Of course, you have a huge ultra running career, top 10 of many ultras, including the JFK 50 and the Western States 100. You've had numerous 100-mile wins, Old Dominion, Arkansas Traveler, and you won the first two Hard Rock 100s starting in 1992 and 93. And with Blake Wood, you uh, finished the Barkley Marathons. So, uh, boy, that's quite the resume. Uh, Yes, I've been fortunate to do a lot of things, and uh, I hope to do a lot more things in the future. Well, We'll get to that here shortly. Uh, you are also a, a race director. You've run coast to coast, but this being an FKT conversation, you're really known for you're like the grandfather of the Appalachian Trail. You yourself held the FKT in 1991, and then you went back to the PCT and held the FKT there in 2005. I think you were the only person to ever have the FKTs on both support, the only male, I should say, until Carl just did it. Am I correct in that? Uh, that is correct. Well, that's an accomplishment. So the AT, obviously the grandfather of the long trails, it's been around forever, and people have been doing speed records on it almost since inception, and you have been part of them. You go back to Pete Palmer, you know, besides yourself, of course, and of course, you were there when Scott Jurek was there. You're, you're in Scott Jurek's book. I think uh, Jenny had some fun things to say about you. <laughs> I guess they were fun. <laughs> well, how, would, <laughs> how would you characterize it, David? You were there, and now Carl, in my opinion, knocked it out of the park. You know, he went uh, uh, 41 days, 7 hours, and 31, 39 minutes. Boy, that's that's a, he took off of Carl Meltzer's time of 45 days and 22 hours. So, what's your opinion on Carl Sabe's recent FKT? I just can't believe it. It is just amazing to me. I just don't understand it. It blew my mind. Uh, beating uh, Meltzer's time by four days is just uh, phenomenal. I mean, it's just it's really hard to believe. But I believe that he did it. I believe it's legit. I know one of the things that impresses me is uh, Warren Doyle, who's hiked the trail the most and eons ago, he held it as well. Uh, He 
uh, was just really, really impressed and just blown away himself. And typically, Carl uh, Warren Doyle doesn't get excited about runners doing it uh, as much as people hiking it. And he was really, really impressed by the record. And so was I. I just, uh, I don't understand it. He just hit it so much farther than everyone else did. It's just incomprehensible to me what he did. Excellent. Uh, that's a that's a brilliant comment because, you know, the people want some context for this. So you have seen essentially all of these FKTs and the AT in the past 25 years almost, and you are blown away. And Warren, yes. who's kind of the great grandfather of AT speed records, he was blown away. So that really puts Carl Sabe's accomplishment in context. Yes, it really, really does. I just, uh, I know he holds the record on the PCT too, and uh, he beat my time there by like two weeks. He beat my time on the AT like two weeks, and uh, actually, let's see, 41. Yeah, 10 days, day, a week and a half, and I just, I don't understand that. Uh, uh, we are both blown away by what he did. Uh, he's done on the AT as well as PCT, and, and of course, uh, I even hate to mention the the really the granddaddy of all trails is the long trail. And I once held the record on that. And, and if, uh, I think if, uh, Carl hears about that, he'll probably go break that record. And, uh, in fact, what is also amazing is I just got a text today from Warren Doyle and he wanted, uh, this, he wanted to me to get in touch with Carl to see uh, if he could get in Barkley because he wants to go after Barkley. So oh, he's word. going after all the stuff. Wow. Well, Carl Sabi and Barkley would that would that would attract some spectator interest, wouldn't it? Uh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, I I will get in touch uh, with uh, Sabi and as well as uh, Gary Cantrell and uh, see if. Uh, they can find a place for him down there in Tennessee, and I bet they can. And it'll be interesting. Uh, that's a different thing. Uh, the AT is very well marked. The PCT is marked so-so. Barkley is not marked. And that's a whole other element that he may or may not be able to do. I'm not sure. But uh, I think time will tell. I think he's interested in uh, checking it out. Well, of course, he has to write the essay first. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe I can help him with that. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's brilliant. Uh, as you correctly noted, the Barkley marathons are entirely different. Not yeah. only is it navigation, but it's off-trail navigation, and it's a sleep deprivation game as well. We had Carol Sabe on this podcast. It was a lovely conversation. It's actually going live on tomorrow, uh, which it will be uh, September 20th. Uh, Eighth, I think it is, Friday. And Carl had some amazing things to say. First of all, he was more methodical. And I'll ask for your comments on this in a second. He was extremely methodical. He got up at uh, 3.40 a.m. And he was moving forward at 4 a.m. 20 minutes later every sure. day. And then he identified that a lot of his predecessors are getting strung out. It's getting late at night. They're getting tired. They're running out of food. And so their mileage goes down, their time per mile goes up, and he never did that. He was putting food and sleep in the bank from the get-go, but Barclay, of course, forget the sleep part. 
There is no banking yes. sleep. So it is a little bit different. Yes, for sure. For sure. And uh, well, physically, add- there's no doubt that he can handle it. Uh, it's just mentally can he handle it and he can, can he handle the directions uh, as well as, uh, uh, you know, going without sleep and finding the course and finding the books. And it's hard to say whether he can do that or not. And I don't know. Indeed. Well, could you make any specific suggestions or observations regarding your good friend, uh, Scott and Jenny? Of, uh, oh, gosh. Who- uh, <laughs> yeah, Scott and Jenny are just great friends, uh, great friends and we're competitors, but we sort of weren't competitors. Uh, but, uh, what he did on the AT at the time was phenomenal. I've seen other people do it and I've seen, uh, you know, Melcher do it as well as, uh, Andrew Thompson, one of my former students who held the record for a while and as well as Jen Farr Davis and what they did all was phenomenal. But in its own right, uh, Jurix was, uh, in a way, uh, maybe more difficult. Uh, he suffered more. He dug deeper. He had worse conditions. Uh, and he really didn't have much experience with uh, the AT. And he had no experience with the Northeast on the AT. And so, and the Northeast, uh, New Hampshire, Maine, are the two most difficult states. So what he did, he dug d- deep, deep, deep down in the pain cave. He suffered big, big time and uh, was just a phenomenal thing. I mean, everyone who did it, everyone who hikes the AT, it's a phenomenal thing. But what Jurek did was uh, sort of uh, above and beyond anything I've ever seen, ever. Well, do uh hope to see it again or not see it again? Say it again, ask that again. Well, well, you've, you've, you said you've never seen anyone dig that deep. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, well, I don't think we'll ever see him dig that deep again, ever. Uh, and I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, and I'm not sure if I ever want to see anybody else dig that deep, especially someone that I like, <laughs> because uh, he dug deep. Uh, and I know after I left him and he was up in uh, uh, Maine, he suffered even more. So it's just a, a remarkable thing what he did and accomplishing and breaking that goal, even though he broke Jen Farr's, Davis's record, but just a short amount of time. Uh, he could have done better if he had been more experienced on the trail, and he could have done better if the, if the weather conditions had been much, much better. And that's one of the things year after year, you don't know how the weather conditions are going to be. And they can have wet trends, and he had a wet year, the wettest year I've ever, ever seen in Vermont and the mud up there is unreal. Mm, Okay. Well, Scott was on this podcast. Uh, His episode will be coming up shortly. So we'll hear what he had to say about that pain cave that you described. (laughs) He was in the pain cave. All right. And Scott is, um, was, did hint that he's, he's got another project coming up, but that's what it is. (laughs) So maybe you'll be there to witness that one too. Yes, I, I look forward to hearing what it's going to be. I don't know what it is, and I, I'm sure it's going to be hard. Uh, but does he have it have it deep down for another one? I'm not sure, and you can tell him I said that. <laughs> Dave, you, David, you have never been the shy type, so no, no. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, how low? Can it go? You, you're blown away. 41 days, seven hours. Is someone ever going to do the AT in sub 40 days? <laughs> well, they thought no one would ever run a sub two hour, and they will. 
Uh, I would have never thought someone could do sub 40 days. Uh, but now with what he did, maybe they can. Maybe they can. Uh, will it be him? I don't know. I doubt it, uh, but we'll see. I'm not sure why he won't want to do that, uh, but but it probably will. I mean, it's just phenomenal, uh, all these things, how the times are coming down and the FKT things. I just uh, am blown away by all of them, uh, but especially the, his on the AT and his on the PCT. So, yeah, I guess it will probably be broken by who? I don't know. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we note that Scott has a book on that subject, you know, North, Finding yes. My Way in the Appalachian Trail. And we should note that you have a terrific video called The Runner from 2006. Uh, is that video still available? Do people find it on YouTube? Yeah, you can find it somewhere. I'm not sure where, but it's out there somewhere. And then they made a movie about me and my wife, too, with actors and stuff, which is a strange thing. And it's called Extraordinary. And uh, it's so not all Pitt, true. Brad Pitt played you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, <laughs> but no. I uh, there was an actor from Canada that played me, <laughs> but okay. uh, extraordinary. So, so you might check that out. It's it's available in different places. Uh, so it's called so, extraordinary. Uh, yeah, okay. really, it's my wife is called extraordinary, and I'm called extraordinary. Okay. All right. And the, the PCT one is called The Runner, correct? Yeah, that is correct. Good. Well, people should go out and look for those two. So you have many claims to fame. And another major accomplishment is that you're older than me. That's remarkable. <laughs> well, the other thing I think about, too, you're, you're leaving out here in terms of uh, endurance, but you're, you're thinking about running and running FKTs. Uh, I biked across the uh, country on a, a mountain bike, and I biked across the country on a road bike, too, since I uh, don't run anymore and since I got my knee replacement. Ah, so you had significant heart surgery a number of years ago. Uh, just seven-way bypass. <laughs> well, I'd leave it to David Horton. Other people might have four-way bypasses, five, <laughs> six. That's Maybe right. Seven-way bypass, okay? And yes. you said you had a knee replacement. Is that why yes. you no longer run? That is correct. I I could run, and I do run a little bit, and I have sort of covered two 50Ks since uh, my surgery so that I now have done an, uh, uh, an ultra in the 70s, 80s, 90s, O's, and teens, and I'll have to do one after 2020 to get another decade. So I shouldn't run, but I could run, but I could never, never run, and I will never run as fast as I once did, so I just stick to biking. I like it. Not as much as running, though. Running was my forte. Right. Biking requires gear. You get oh, a flat tire, yes. which is irritating. Uh, yes. The big upside is it's no impact. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I students ask me once in a while, they say, well, if you'd started running earlier and, uh, uh, I mean, started biking earlier and not done so much running, uh, would that have prevented the injury? I said, probably. Uh, I, they said, well, if you had to do over again, would you – would you run less and bike more? I said, no, if I had to do over again, I'd run more and not bike. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 113,000 miles just, uh, just sort of wore the joint out. And I think it was probably uh, running on pavement too much in the early days. In the early days, in the, in the 80s and 90s, uh, there's not much trail racing. And, of course, now there's not much road racing, which is good. 
people mm-hmm. are better off because it's easier on the body as well as the mind running on trails, as you well know, than running on roads. Running on roads is tough on you. And running across America on pavement, well, it wasn't good for me. Oh, that's interesting. So you're at 113,000 miles. Yes. That's that's a chunk of change. Yeah. And what uh, did you in, you think, is the pavement, not yes. the uh, difficult trails. Yes, for, for sure. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, I ran, uh, when I set the record on AT, uh, finished in uh, the last day of June, and in September I ran a 50K, and I, or 50 miler, and I wasn't recovering. I got second place. And uh, three months after I finished the AT, I ran the uh, Arkansas Traveler 100 miler and won it and felt totally recovered. After I ran across America, and we averaged 45 miles a day, and averaged 9.15 per mile running across America, uh, my hip joints hurt for a year and a half before they ever went away. And I got x-rays and all sorts of tests done, and there was nothing wrong. It's just uh, the the pain, discomfort of running 3,000 miles on pavement. Wow, that's a good that's a good call, David. I was thinking of running across America starting Don't. on Monday, but I think I'll just call that off now. Yeah, don't don't do it. Don't okay. do it. Mike Morton years ago after I did that, oh, he just he said I want to do it. I want to do it. And I said, "No you don't. No you don't. It'll be bad for you." And I really think it is. It it, it was bad for me. I after I ran across at uh, age 45 and I lost a minute per mile in everything. I mean, just overnight and I never ever recovered the speed. It you take a beating, it takes something out of you. And I've seen this in other people who have run across America. Rephrase that. Race to cross America. Big time difference in running across America and racing across America. It's everyone, just basically everyone could run a marathon, but not everyone could race a marathon. It's not that big a deal to run across America, you know, if you take the time, but to race across America is a big deal and does take something out of you. And does, it, it is unreal hard. Excellent distinction. Of course, that's the pavement, not just the pavement, but it's the repetitive motion. When you and I yes. first started, I think you probably recollect this as well. People would say, oh, trail running, you might, I don't want to do it. It's a little too dangerous, might turn ankle. Oh, and of course, you wrong. and I would say, no, 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 it's the opposite. Yes. You're using different stride, little different muscles. You're moving it around, changing it up. Of course, the surface is softer. But once you're on pavement, every step is the same. Yep. Yep. So the impact force is the same, 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 the same. Every foot strike on the trail is different. Every stresses is different. And the different stresses is easier on your body than the same repetitive stress, you know, strike after strike. So you've got your AT, FKT, and your PCT. Where do you see fastest known times going? Do you see a particular direction? Do you see a what's next or what not to do? Besides, don't run across America. Uh, the problem I see is is uh, uh, illegitimate efforts and uh, cheating, uh, and people claiming they did it when they didn't do it, and that's already happened. And I think that's probably going to happen more in the future. That people are going to claim that they did something, but they can't verify it, and and uh, that's just sad and that's bad. Uh, but it's going to happen. It has happened. Uh, so we'll see. Well, you saw that in the AT, of course, yes. recently. Yep. And yep. Uh, fastestknowntime.com, our website, is doing a pretty good job now. We've gone from 
yeah, please tell us what you did to submit your GPX file. I mean, yep. the standards have gone up dramatically just in the past couple of years. So now there's no longer an excuse not to use either real-time tracking and the big efforts or at least submitting the GPX file after you're done. Yeah. Yep, I agree. And that's what you got to do. I remember, you know, several years ago, uh, me and Warren Doyle sort of kept with uh, with things for a period of time. And then I remember telling uh, your partner, uh, and what's his name right now? Can Peter. you think of it? Peter, Peter, Peter Backwood. Uh, mine, but Peter, great guy. I said, Peter, you should do this. And he said, I don't know. I said, no, you should do this. You have credibility and you have the uh, means and ability to do it, and but the credibility is a big thing. And I said, you should do it. And what y'all are doing now is a great thing with the website. And what he started initially was a great thing. And it's just evolved. And I think it's just going to be better and better. But, uh, yes, you have to verify things as much as possible. And that's that's going to be a chore someday, I think. Mm. Thank you for your encouragement on that, David. <laughs> and uh, sure. the listeners, make sure – you can go to right now to fastestknowntime.com and go to the Appalachian Trail. So every route has its own page. And so you can track the different times, northbound, southbound, supported, unsupported, female, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's fascinating reading. Here it is, David Horton, uh, 1991. And you could you could track uh, every other FKT right up to Carl Sabe from uh, August 28th of this year. Yeah, that's great. And before, uh, you couldn't find that. You couldn't do that. There was no magazine. There was no publication. There was no website. There was nothing like that that you could find. And and so y'all have that now, and that's just fantastic. Well, thanks. And what are we going to be seeing from you? You're on the bike now. Bikes are great. You can go a long ways on a bike, and the next day, you just feel fine. Isn't that amazing how that works? Yes. Yes, it, it you don't you just don't take the physical beating that you do do in running. It's just uh, uh, you can do it longer, but of course you have some issues with uh, the danger. Uh, there's no doubt that there's a greater danger in biking than there is in running, uh, especially when I run on the or bike on the roads. Last year I did the you know Trans Am bike race from Astoria, Oregon to Yorktown, Virginia, 4,266 miles, average 132 miles a day. And I got clipped once. Another guy got hit and killed last year in uh, 2017. And this year, 2018, they had the race. And again, another guy got killed. And, of course, what do I want to do in two years? When I turn 70, when I'm officially, officially old, 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 when I turn 70, I want to do the Trans Am bike race again and do it faster than I did last year. Uh, but there is uh, a risk there. So that's I'm a biker now, and that's what I'll continue to be a biker. And so I'll uh, try to bike around the different races and stuff uh, and find competitions. I am still an athlete. I still compete. And I can't ever imagine not being an athlete. Can you? Uh, and I don't think everyone <laughs> is glad that you're not an athlete. <laughs> David, those are amazing and insightful statistics. So what happens on the bike is on running, you're going to get injured. There's no question. Yeah. There will be sure. things like that. And biking, probably not. You just get killed. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. And, of course, you know the big move now is to gravel cycling. That's what I'm doing. I got uh, two gravel-specific bikes, and I think that's kind of the, the, the cool thing to do now. And it has legitimacy because you're generally off the roads with high-speed traffic. Yes. Yes. 
Yep. That's good. I know. So, I so like that. Gonna, I, so on turn 70, so this is when you're not just old, but truly old in two years, and you're going to go for the Trans Am again. Yes. Yes. Good for you. Well done. Yeah. And if you'd like to come out here uh, our way and get on a mountain bike or a gravel bike, there's there's interesting things to do here and in Canyonlands National Park. Well, I may do that next summer for sure, okay. because I'm not doing the Trans Am until uh, 2020. Uh, so 2019, I'm not quite sure. And and for many many years, I would come to Colorado to to run Hard Rock, and uh, I've been many times out there to watch Hard Rock. It's uh, it's the there's two races I would run if I could still run. One would be Hard Rock. The other one would be Barkley, without a doubt. Those two, they're two very special events. Of course, some of the hardest. Yes, yes. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you can bike large portions of Hard Rock. So if you come out uh, this July, maybe we could uh, go over engineer together. Well, that sounds like a good idea. That sounds like a good idea. And and uh, everything starts out as a thought, as someone suggesting I might do this. Okay. Well, David, I hope I see you in person next summer. And thanks terrifically for this wonderful conversation and your for, for your perspective. Well, I enjoyed it, and I hope that others will enjoy it as well. Thanks, David. Okay. Talk to you later. I hope you've gotten some good ideas for your next big run. Subscribe to this podcast so you can find out what's cool every week. It will be delivered to you each Friday. And definitely go to fastestknowntime.com to read the notes from this show and ask questions or make comments on what you've heard today. There are FKTs being reported daily that are incredible, but you maybe have never heard of them. So stay up on what is happening on this website and follow us on Twitter, the Gram, and Facebook. Many people have thanked us for this work, and you can too by clicking support this site at the bottom of the webpage. Tune in next Friday. It's going to be fast and good.